0: Retired Army medic Wally Carmichael wants to help you live a life of abundance. Coming up next, I'm Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Navy Federal Credit Union's cash rewards card helps you slay the season. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Hey, today we're talking with Wally Carmichael, who's a retired U.S. Army medic. Thank you for... Love our medics and corpsmen there, Wally. Hey, uh, Wally is a founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, business owner growth, and founder of Abundance and Prosperity Business Mastery, LLC. Well, you got a lot of things going on in entrepreneurship, doing some great things. I look forward to talking about that, but I'd like to hear what you did in the army. You had an exciting career in the army.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. Um, you know, the short and the ugly, Every everybody's got similar kind of experiences, but joining the military, I had no desire to join the military when I started. My uncle was a first sergeant, Vietnam veteran, was home on leave. I was doing two full-time jobs trying to get back into college which I dropped out of because I ran out of money. And um, he said, join the Army. You'll get some education along the way and travel the world. I said, not no, but hell no. But (laughs) after being just, it was a terrible environment that I was in, and I just had to get out. So joined the Army as an Army medic and uh, loved it from basic training, man. I just absolutely loved it. But I, I really got burnt out by the 10th year. My wife and I had been married for about seven years at that point. And we re- sat down and actually calculated how many, how long we had actually been together physically. And it was less than three years <laughs> with all the deployments, um, you know, just wow. everything going on. So caught my second wind, man. I ended up at a medical center finally as a medic. And at about 10, 11 years, maybe 7 went through the ranks, took forever to get Master Sergeant, and did 20, ended up doing 25 years. Traveled awesome. to, uh, 23 countries on five continents. And, um, you know, we're talking to veterans, so they know the deal, all the, everything else you can just fill in all the other stuff.
0: Man, what a career. So talk about, you ended up retiring. So you had that retirement check, you know, uh, check of the month club coming in. And what was it that, uh, what was your transition like getting out? Were you clear on what it was you were planning on doing when you finally retired?
1: <laughs> I was clear. Um our uh, powers that be had an entirely different plan, man. <laughs> um I thought for sure as a retiring master sergeant in the medical field with all the connections that I had, you know, special ops training, I was an equal opportunity advisor part of my career. I was master resiliency trainer, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I and master in finance for the hospital that I was in. And there's no course for that. It's just something that I did as one of my duties. And I was humbled real quick, man. I got out and hundreds must've, I wanted to get back into GS. I wanted to stay connected with troops. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So I wanted to work GS and continue down that road and then possibly get another retirement down the road. Um, Four months went by and I still, I had done two or three interviews with people that I actually knew and I was overqualified. Whatever the heck that means, man. Um, anyhow, I end up getting, we decided to leave. I retired in Hawaii and I decided to, we decided we're going to leave Hawaii. We're going to go do live off my retirement and disability uh, in Texas. So the day that my truck landed in Dallas, I get a call and it was from the Navy and they said, hey, do you still want this job? And I was like, please don't tell me you're in Hawaii. It's <laughs> like, yeah, we're down the street at Pearl Harbor. Oh, no. So, I ended up going to take, taking a GS twelve position as an EEO specialist. Now that's rare right out the gate, but it was about e it was about GS9 pay because it was only three days a week, which was sweet, man. I was working three days a week. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, had four day weekends. And I got to kayak across Pearl Harbor on my part of my commute to work. Really? So I was living the dream, man. And then I got a call from the master sergeant who took my position. At Triple Army Medical Center, and said, Hey, we just opened up some civilian positions. We got one with your name on it. If you, you know, had to go through the whole process, of course, and apply for it. But I ended up going back and literally sitting at the same desk I was at when I retired, <laughs> um, which was cool because everybody there knew me. I knew them. It was like being home. But um, it was time for us to, I did that for about eight more months and then decided we wanted to get out, off the island anyway. Uh, when I did that, Very rare. They said, my boss at the time said, look, you have too much information. We can't lose you. I know you need to go be with your family because I'd already sent my family home, not home, but to Florida. We had never lived here before. Mm -hmm. Um, And he said, will you telework? Will you work remotely? I was like, and still get, yeah, right? So I did that for eight months and then called it quits and, and did full time what I'm doing now.
0: Okay. So where did the podcast and entrepreneurship thing come from? I mean, things are, things are going great. You're fat, dumb and happy, successful transition into retirement, get the retirement mm-hmm. check coming in, land back in Florida. Well, why was it, why wasn't it enough? What, what, why wasn't it scratching that itch?
1: Hey, great question, man. I always wanted to, I, I owned, actually had several businesses while I was on active duty you know, everything from multi-level marketing to actual other almost kind of brick and mortar businesses that were somewhat mobile. Mm-hmm. I've always been entrepreneurial my entire life and I've studied entrepreneur. I got a you know bachelor's degree, no master's degree, but a bachelor's degree in business administration. And I just wanted to call my own shots. I didn't want to have to punch that tick, you know, that, that time card, so to speak.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So the podcast started because while I was still in Hawaii, I was li- literally living on the beach in Hawaii. I was working at Triple Army Medical Center, still able to kayak across Pearl Harbor as part of my commute. And um, I was just living this amazing life of abundance. But here's how it started. I'm sitting on the beach about 7, 8 o'clock in the morning maybe, had probably this same exact mug because I've had this for years, sitting under the gazebo. My son's at probably 6 at the time playing in the water, and he's like, "Dad, hey, come in, come in, play, come in the water. It's great. You know? And I'm like, yeah, hold on. I have my headset on listening to Pat Flynn or somebody like that, learning how to make that extra, that next hundred K. Right? <laughs> right. And when his facial expression changed from excitement to disappointment, it just hit me. It was like, what the hell are you doing, man? You're literally living. I don't know if I said a life of abundance, but you're literally living your best life Mm -hmm. and your family's, your middle son and wife are still asleep in the house directly behind you. Got this beautiful kid that wants to play with you. And it was like, my wife hit me in the back of the head saying, Wally, what the hell are you chasing? That she had told me so many times before. I just never really heard. And I heard it this day. I put the headset down. I go play in the water for about 40 minutes hour. I don't know. Go back inside, make breakfast with the family as they're getting up and I just, then that weekend, I get, a con, I get called from a buddy of mine who says, hey, I'm going to this thing. Don't know what it is. They're going to talk about this, that, and the other. And it intrigued me, however it was presented to me. Um, one of the original cast members from the original Hawaii 5 was there, and there's only like 30 of us. Mm-hmm. And this guy says, if you were to write a book about your life, what would you call it? And we all worked together and stuff. And I came up with Living Your Life of Abundance. Then I'm listening to John Lee Dumas constantly because Entrepreneur on Fire and all this other kind of stuff. I'm sure you're familiar with who John Lee Dumas is. Oh, yeah. um, also a veteran, big-time podcaster. And he's like, you can start your own podcast, and you can name it whatever you want, and you can do that. I'm like, can I really? So that's where the podcast Men of Abundance came out of because I wanted to have conversations with other people who were truly living their life of abundance, whatever that is to them. And somehow paying it forward to their community, in some cases, the world. I've had conversations with Lee Cockrell, uh, former VP of Disney World Resorts. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Jeff Hoffman, who started Priceline, you know, 20-some-odd years ago, yeah. Priceline.com. Just and many people you'd never heard of. Just great conversations.
0: Wow. So so had you started the podcast before before you left the, the cushy uh, government civilian job?
1: Yeah, I started it while I was in that job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and
0: then, and then and then eventually you got out of the the GS government service job and never looked
1: back. Yeah, so here's how that happened because this part's pretty important. In the beach house we were living in, we had just sold a, uh, our house that we bought there in Hawaii and res- resort area in preparation for relocating to Texas. So when that didn't happen, we had to move from over to. Um, the, uh, what do they call it? Iroquois point and these beach homes and these beach homes are about three grand a month being on the beach, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They wanted to raise our rent in another $400. And I was like, I just can't justify this anymore. It just doesn't make sense. So that September of 2018, my wife said, I'm going to take the boys. We're going to move to Florida. You stay here with this job that's paying well. And we're going to live off your retirement disability in Florida and see how that works out. We were going to do that for a year. Mm -hmm. That worked out for about eight months. And in that process, that last, I was getting really comfortable. I was renting a a room out of somebody else's house, about two grand a month, Um, literally 10 minute drive down the hill to Waikiki. And to past time I'm driving Uber and Lyft just for the fun of it. Cause it was a blast doing that. And I made about two grand a month just doing that. Really? Um, and I would pay my, well, my plane tickets back and forth. I would go home, come here quite a bit uh, and then go back. But the last 48 days, my birthday's in May. And in May of that year, I decided I'm done with this renting this room because it was a, not a great, the, the nephew of the old house would come in with his family just randomly. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking through there, like in my skivvies, you know, and they got young <laughs> kids and I'm like, there was other things. And I said, I'm just getting too damn comfortable. <laughs> so I gave up the keys to that room. I jumped in, I put stuff that I had in storage, which wasn't much. Jumped in my truck, put a tough box in the back of my truck, pinned it to the bed and I lived out of my truck in Waikiki and and on on the island of Oahu for 48 days. Nobody that I worked with knew it. (laughs) Close friends that I were there with, nobody knew it. The only people that knew I was living on the streets was my wife and my boys. That was it. And I'm here to tell you, man, while I wasn't technically homeless, it was a homeless situation. I was living out with the homeless. There are so many people in Hawaii that live out of their cars just because they can't afford housing and or they don't want to pay for the housing. And, you know, now I know why homeless people look so worn out and so old. You don't sleep. You're either worried about people coming up on your truck, but really you're worried about the cops coming up and telling you you got to move your vehicle. You can park your vehicle there overnight, but you can't park your vehicle there overnight and sleep in it. So they come, you can hear them coming down the line, pow, 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 you know, and you see the lights. So you just jump in the front seat, still in your underwear and just take off and go find another place to park. I did end up with one ticket. They, they got me, but um, there's more to that story, but that's that we don't have time for it.
0: <laughs> wow. That's crazy. All right. Well, that's a good stopping point. We're going to take a quick break and we'll, we'll be right back. We are all looking forward to this holiday season being more normal this year. So as you head out on the shopping sprees, know that Navy Federal Credit Union's cash rewards card helps you slay the season. I know that my Navy Federal Credit card will be getting plenty of action this year, but it helps to know that you can earn up to 1.75% cash back on all purchases when you sign up for direct deposit. I've had direct deposit with Navy Federal for over 31 years now, 24 years on active duty, and now in retirement. You can redeem points as soon as you earn them. From all of us here at Veteran on the Move, we hope this holiday season is back to normal for you. Learn more at navyfederal.org insured by NCUA. All right, back talking with retired Army medic Wally Carmichael. So, Wally, you're you're, you're literally homeless living in your living in your truck. Um still have a still have a good job, but you're working your way out of Hawaii, uh, ready to head back to Florida to join your family.
1: Yeah, yeah, so You know, that's about the time my boss at the time asked me if I'm gonna tell it, you know, telework. So we set that up. I come back here, I'm in my home office that I was in at the time. And it's funny that you and I are having this conversation right now today, because at this point in time, this home technically no longer belongs to me because we just got into contract on this home. And we're getting ready to move into an R V. We already have an R V, but we're gonna upgrade we're going to move into our RV and we're going to travel around for a couple months and decide where we want to end up when we grow up. Mm -hmm. I want to stay in Florida. We're looking at other, other States as well. Oklahoma. I'm originally from Phoenix. My oldest son just got out of the army and uh, is in and just bought a home in Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know what? We don't know. And that's part of the fun of it being in the military for 25 years. We're used to moving every three to five years. We've been here for about four years or three to four years. We've been, we've been here for about four years. And I thought the RV would fix that problem, but it has not. So that's what we're getting ready to do. So we're getting ready to be on the move again, man.
0: Yeah. We've experienced the same thing. Like after, after about three or four years, I start to get that. itch. like, where am I moving next? And then I'm retired now. I don't have to move, but um, we did it. We did just end up moving to Florida. Um just to make a change and, you know, last kids out of the house and everything. So um, I, I can definitely relate to that whole, it's fun moving every three or four years. And moving's never fun, but changing locations at some point is, is fun mm-hmm. and the adventure. So um, so tell us a little about about the two podcasts you're running.
1: So Men of Abundance, I've already shared with you, it's been going for about six years. Last I checked, it's downloaded in well over 100 countries. Um, the business owner growth podcast got started as a result of really, I just wanted to try out, uh, the free platform, um, anchor, mm-hmm. uh, and I was like, well, I, I, podcasters always ask me how to start a podcast. My men of abundance is on the higher end of platforms, uh, And so I got started with that when I started with John Lee Dumas and that whole program. And I wanted to be on the lower end. So I said, well, what would I do? Well, I already have my abundance and prosperity business mastery, um, business coaching and consulting uh, firm. So I figured, well, I can talk about business strategies. So as you grow, my tagline for business owner growth is as you grow, your business grows it doesn't work the other way around. You have to grow just like anything else, your career, you have to grow Mm -hmm. and you have to grow beyond your, where you're currently at in order to, you know, and work, work above. So that was the premise behind that. And that's why I got that started. Um, And then the business owner growth, uh, the AP business mastery, abundance and prosperity business mastery comes out of that whole bit. But that's something that started, I've been doing for a while and I started out kind of self-taught, but then I ended up hiring a couple coaches to really show me the ropes, and Lord, did they. I mean, the content and information I have access to is just unmatched, period. And so I started it just kind of as like a side hustle while I was still doing the other job. And I did that actually, I started that actually while, while I was in the homeless situation. I used to go to hotels and kind of mooch off of their Wi-Fi. And, uh, or sit outside of a Starbucks in my truck and do my podcast. Actually, I did my podcast from the cab of my truck, um, for the first year. That's awesome. Uh, Yeah. So, um, my thing is, is when I help, just like as a medic, I was always helping people. I was either, you know, treating people or I was teaching people how to treat people. And it's kind of the same thing in this regard, but the way I see it, when I help a business, I'm not just helping that business owner. I'm helping all of their employees. Um, I'm improving their lives. I'm improving the community. And it really is that serious, especially during when 2020 came and all the lockdowns and stuff. I got busier than ever. I got overwhelmed. Hmm. So that's why I also started a coaching program uh, to show other people how to start their own business consulting business. And we provide all the assets that you need, the whole bit, everything that you need to start your your coaching business. You can can be up and running depending on how much time you have to put into it for the training and stuff like that. But you can be up and running in three months, four to six months, definitely, and profitable, by the way, Mm. um, because of the way that we have it set up. And I did that because I got so overwhelmed in 2020. There were so many business owners that need this kind of help and consulting but I, I I personally only work with five one-on-one clients at any given time because being gone all the time and now being, you know, I just like to spend time, not as much lately, but, you know, I had um, annual passes to Disney and Universal and all that stuff. And we always go out fishing. We're always at the beach or just at the, staying at the beach for the weekend last weekend. And, you know, that's the kind of stuff I want to be doing, but I also want to continue to give back in that way. obviously I'm, you know, part of a men's group at my church and part of the community um program here in my community. I stay involved. Um but um I can you know my play money and it's pretty good play money to say the least, um with just five one on one clients and some group coaching that I do as well.
0: So what is a what is a business consulting job look like?
1: Well, they vary, but I'll tell you exactly you know what mine looks like, what mine looks like. What I do is, is when I sit down with a business owner, I do an assessment. We have proprietary software that we use. We do a full assessment of the business. What many marketing agencies do and other consultants that I've talked to, they'll come in and go, oh, well, my expertise is YouTube or Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever. That's what you need for your business. Well, as far as I'm concerned, if, I in, if you walk into the doctor's office and they look at you and you say, I have a cough, and they go, oh, here's the problem and here's the treatment, that's malpractice. I see it the same exact way with business. You have to do a full assessment to fully understand, if I get this client more traffic to their website, is their website set up in such a way to, to convert that traffic into a paying customer? Right? Do they have a way to capture the lead and all that other stuff in between? If not, getting more traffic to the website is not going to make a darn bit of difference. They're going to waste their money. In contrast, if I do get them a lot of leads and they do get a lot more clients, are they going to be overwhelmed because their financials are in shambles? They have Aunt Tilly in the back doing their budgeting and she doesn't know, she, she took an accounting class in, in college 20 years ago. They don't know anything about um, tracking all the data. They don't know anything about gross profit margin, net profit margin, um, all the other uh, financial statements. I ask I ask business owners for their financial statements and they give me their tax records or their credit card statements. I'm like, <laughs> where's your accounts receivable? Where's your accounts payable? Where's, you know, and they're like, what is that? I've heard of it, but I don't really have that. My accountant doesn't give me that. So <laughs> we do a full assessment. We figure out what the problem is, where the lowest hanging fruit is so that we can help them, which is why my tagline is, my mantra is, I can help any business greatly increase their profits without spending any more on marketing and advertising. Because we go in and develop strategies, either improve their marketing, let them continue spending the money that they haven't actually get results, God forbid, Um, plus we're doing strategies within the business that is putting more profits into the bottom line. And that, some of that stuff can be done in a matter of weeks.
0: And you've been involved, uh, for example, before we started. You mentioned something you were involved in Bunker Labs and doing a, a number of other, you know, consulting and mentoring with uh, young business owners, especially veteran business owners. Mm-hmm. So, what are some of the things you typically learn when you're when you're dealing with a new budding veteran entrepreneur? Um, they
1: one of the biggest things that stands out is the you know, that everybody has this dream that you're going to be able to call your own shots and you're going to have all this time on your hands. I was working with a chiropractor who was in the process of, he, he went from being a chiropractor working in another clinic to buying a business from another chiropractor who was retiring. And his words were, I literally traded a nine to five position for a six to nine lifestyle. Like I had no idea there was so much involved in business. If you're a chiropractor, if you're a auto detailer, auto mechanic, you know, lawn care, whatever it is, you're absolutely fabulous and amazing at what you do because that's what you're trained to do. But most business owners don't understand, especially when they first get started, they figure it out about year three and, and five, they're kind of trying to figure out what the heck to do about it. Um, they don't understand that business ownership is a completely different skill set And a completely different mindset from being an attorney or a chiropractor or a dentist or whatever the case may be. It's completely different. And and I tell them, look, you can be an amazing technician, chiropractor, or you can be an amazing business owner. But if you try to do both at the same time by yourself, you're going to be good at best. And that's why many business many business owners they, there's a lot of people say why business owners fell and businesses fell it's usually because of cash flow they don't run out of ideas they run out of cash and that can be fixed um through a lot of the strategies that I work with business owners on
0: yeah um how often do you find guys coming out of the military guys and gals um once they once they realize what entrepreneurship's all about, what percentage of them continue?
1: That's a good question. I don't know; they really have that data. I don't have that information, but I would say I've talked to people who have gone through like Boots to Business mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. Um, I went through that program as well as I came through, and I'm sure it's improved a little bit or maybe gone away. I don't know. I haven't followed it, but um, within our cohort at, at Action Zone. Um, we have, let's say 20 people in the cohort, maybe two or three will drop out along the way. Mm -hmm. Some of them might be personal issues, but some of them have been because once they get into the whole, they see how much is involved in business ownership. Um, then they decide that they don't want to do that themselves. They want to go work for somebody else and, and provide their skills to somebody else's business rather than do that on their own. Which is fine. I think that um, one thing that I tell a lot of business owners is like myself, I didn't create a lot of my own content that I train business owners and business coaches with. Unless you're a course creator, unless you're a content creator, unless you're a videographer, that's not what you should be spending your time doing. You should hire other people to do that. Mm-hmm. And then you start talking about investing and all the, you know, the the bootstrapping and all that stuff. I get it. But you're gonna spend a lot more time and 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 that time is money, and you're gonna spend a lot more money trying to figure it out and do it yourself. You didn't throughout your career, you didn't go and just say, hey, I'm gonna go be a tanker. No, you went through extensive, very quick school. Most of the military schools are extremely rapid paced and just, you know, push you straight through, but you got training, but then you got coaching along the way and your NCOs mm-hmm. and some of your officers. Right. Yep. So why do you get out of the military and think you're going to go start something you've never done before in your entire life? Every other profession gets a coach. Every top performer in any industry has at least one coach, consultant, mentor, if not several. I mm-hmm. think, I think, um, uh, uh, goodness, um can't think of his name for some reason now, Woods, the golfer. Oh, Tiger Woods? Uh, t- yeah, Tiger Woods. Has multiple coaches, and he even changed up his swing at some point in his career and got even more coaches. I mean, and then everybody thinks they're going to go do this thing, and they're going to be great at it without any help whatsoever, and it's complete as mine.
0: Yep. Yeah, I fell into that trap early on starting the podcast. I I actually, I actually hired John Lee Dumas to be my podcast coach. I was yep. John Lee Dumas trained, but um, yeah, he did kind of spell it out that hey, I'm a military guy doing a podcast. That means you can too, and that mm-hmm. like, that sunk in with. I'd been wanting to start a podcast for a while, and when it was, he was kind uh, of the look at the look last at John strong. for
1: instance. John had John had such great success mm-hmm. because he hired a podcaster and a podcast coach and spent a whole lot of money on that coach. Mm -hmm. And he threw a lot of money at the marketing. That's how he ended up getting Pat Flynn right out the gate and other, and other podcasters like that, because he had one of the best coaches in the industry who had connections and was able to get that done. He didn't just jump out there and do that on his own. Right.
0: Yeah. I had a lot of, had a lot of uh, um, big names and everything coming, coming in early, early on. And he, he -hmm. hit that trajectory and, and kept it, you know, it wasn't always, uh, you know, easy or wasn't always easy or, or perfect for him in any way. But he had a lot of people, some that he had hired and some that he had made connections with, all you know, you know helping him out along the way. So, yeah, um,
1: absolutely not on that point. You know, they're at a point in his several years ago now. But I remember one of his. Um, he does the financial reports. I remember on one he, um, where he, when he was putting out his book and started selling stuff on Amazon, he got stuck with taxes big time. Mm. And that's one of the things that I set, um, business owners up with a CPA to make sure that they're doing their financials right. And they're, they're properly, Mm -hmm. um, their entity is set up properly. And I don't even charge for that. Um, so, and neither does the, the, the CPA charges on the back end of that, Mm -hmm. but, John got in all kinds of trouble because he he ended up having to pay so much more in taxes. He had no idea what was going to happen yeah. um, along the way because of the book sales and the way that you have to sell stuff on Amazon.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. All that got to be tax on all that stuff. Plus he was in California. It might've been what triggered him to go to um, where do you end up going? That's, uh, that's, that's uh,
1: what triggered him to go to Puerto, Puerto Rico. Puerto but, Rico. <laughs> but also in, with Amazon, they, I think at the time they had like seven different distribution centers. So you have to pay taxes in all those different states and it's different in every single state. So that's why he brought on a CPA and his CPA now comes on the show um, on their, their financial report.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyways, um, so how do we find, how do we find your two podcasts and uh, where's your presence online? If uh, somebody w- wants to look you up and uh, check you. Yeah, in for what sure, do. man.
1: Um, follow my journey as uh, I'm going to be sharing some of my journey on men of abundance periodically um, as we go on this journey that we're going on here shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's at menofabundance.com. And then uh, Business Owner Growth is businessownergrowth.com. And then if anybody that's in transition and you want to put your leadership skills to work and you have a business mindset and you're willing to be trained and coached, then go to uh, vetco, vetco.apbusinessmastery.com vetco.apbusinessmastery.com. Go there, uh, just check it out. i got a couple of videos there. uh, Talk directly to you, man. And and whatever you decide to do, get help in your transition. No matter what it is you're going to do, reach out. Reach out to Joe. Reach out to me. There's so many resources for veterans to transition, man. There's just no excuse. um, Unless you're trying to do it yourself, then you're definitely going to have a hard time.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. All right, Wally. Well, thanks for sharing your entrepreneurial success story. Look, look forward to your future success and, uh, thank, and thanks for sharing your uh, wisdom and golden nuggets with us.
1: It's been a pleasure, man.
0: All right. These two veterans are Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.